Welcome to the Venture 12 podcast, conversations to engage and inspire missional people. Well, welcome to the Venture 12 podcast, uh, episode two of season two. On the show, we have Chris Mingay, my dear friend. That's right. Here I am. And I'm Mark Cottrell. And it's wonderful to be with you all again. We've got a wonderful uh, podcast, as usual. We're just going to pick ourselves up from the from right from the off. Good encouragement. I'll add that onto next uh, podcast encouragement and feedback. Yeah. Well, here we are. Um, we've got a, a podcast that we've titled The Pulse of Christ, and mm. we'll talk about that in just a moment. Mm. Um, it's worth saying that we can't take credit for the title of this podcast. I mean, it is the name of a book that the guest has written. Yeah. yeah. We might as well say it. Nathan Brewer, mm. a good friend, has written a book called The Pulse of Christ, so we're going to be digging into that a bit later. Mm. Uh, but before we introduce it formally or officially... You're right. How are you doing? <laughs> me, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. What level shall I answer on? Out of ten. Out of ten. Oh gosh. Um, Without any like, you don't have to elaborate. Just a number will do. Eight. You. Six. Oh gosh. All right, we'll have a chat afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only because I'm, I'm struggling with my back. Yeah. Well, you know, but mentally I'm probably an eight. That's good. Yeah, physically. Hang on, you said no elaborate. Oh, yeah, sorry. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> it was good. Good that you're quite high. Yeah. Good that you're doing yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm doing well. So you're in good form? I think so, yeah. I'm in good form. Uh, feel feel good. I feel strong, actually. <laughs> I do. My, my, it's often judge. I mean, I can relate to what you're saying. It's often my mental state is affected by how I'm doing physically. And I've been someone throughout my life who's been carried in extremely many uh, infrequency and serious injuries through playing sport. And uh, I've not had one in quite quite a while. Oh no, I say that I've just hurt my elbow quite recently, but it's nothing serious. Yeah. Uh, so I feel good and That's quite strong. So I'm I'm happy. That's good. Yeah. Sorry to hear about your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not elaborating on that. No, no, no. Um, Keep it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we, here we are. Uh, we as as uh, as we've been kicking off these podcasts in season two. Yeah. We've been uh, not asking for feedback in the same way as we did in season one. No. We started off last uh, the last podcast uh, trying to find the listener. Yeah. So uh, what's been a real blessing is we, we can see where all our listeners come from, yep. or the percentages of where they're coming from, and it's been quite uh, moving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or t- touching, could you say? <laughs> yeah, you could, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a real blessing that, you know, that people are actually listening to us ramble on yeah. uh, like this. But last week we, we put a shout out or a call out to find someone, a listener from Holland. Yeah. And we got something, didn't we? We got we got one. Uh, mission complete. In uh, this segment, 
find that listener so yeah we asked for any feedback from holland and we got a really lovely message from i hope i'm saying this right uh but a lovely message from uh, a guy called wim um who who says i'm getting in contact to answer your questions about people in the netherlands who are listening i'm one of them uh, and he just gave some really good encouragement uh, particularly about the podcast uh, that was um based on the starfish and the spirit he said that he's listened to the podcast and sent it to loads of friends and ordered uh, some books to to give out um wim is a former church planter um in uh the Dutch Reformed Church, and having plans to start uh, a new plant somewhere else as well. Um, and he's just been inspired by the biblical principles of the Starfish and the Spirit book. Um, and uh, just gave us some good encouragement at the end to say, go on making this kind of podcast, sharing thoughts and sharing new ways of being church and building God's kingdom. Wow. So it was lovely to hear that. And then uh, we had a, a little back and forth with him yeah. um, afterwards. That's probably some of the best feedback we've ever had. Yeah, that's set the bar, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, so thanks, Wim. Yeah. But um, more importantly, we're just really blessed to hear what you're doing. Mm. And uh, we pray and uh, we want to encourage you mm. uh, uh, in that journey of unpacking some of those principles in the Starfish and the Spirit. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so this time we're going to be trying to track down. Yeah. And this is going to be difficult. <laughs> well, we 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 kind of had a chat about it and thought maybe we shouldn't just pick random countries each one, but start at the top of the list where we've got most of the listeners and work our way down. Yeah. Uh, to try and get some momentum, hopefully. So so our, the main bulk of our audience and the people that we are listen uh, hoping for feedback from this time are from the United Kingdom. Okay. So, uh, if you are listening from the UK yeah. uh, and what, would like to give us some feedback or encouragement, then please get in touch. Send us a message on the Venture 12 podcast Facebook page. Uh, tell us what you're doing as well. I mean, we're, we're joking what... about we don't just need encouragement and to build us up. We want to hear what you're doing mm. and... and uh, if it has made a difference in your life, that would be lovely. But yeah, yeah. it's really, it's really Absolutely. a joy for us to hear. And if no one else um, responds to this, then uh, mum, <laughs> <laughs> mum, you're on. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually, when you did the podcast, uh, the Bible tells me so. Yeah. With uh, Pete ends. Pete ends. Yeah. I actually WhatsApped your dad. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell you about this. No. I'm... Why did you do that? <laughs> I WhatsApped your dad. And I just said, you need to listen to this. Chris has done a great job. Oh, thanks. You'll be proud. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some more feedback. He WhatsApp back. And said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Not interested. No, No, he he, he was really, yeah, really blessed, I think. Yeah. And encouraged. So uh, we will be reaching out to our parents if no one gets back. (laughs) We will. Because my my parents have just started listening, actually. That's great. Yeah, I was a bit upset in the summer. Okay. We've been going for a year. Yeah. And uh, we asked them, "Have you listened to any?" And uh, there were blank faces. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> got my dad to. I don't, uh, he's not too. Yeah, he's not really into podcasts, so no. he, he doesn't know how to find them. Yeah. So he's not on Spotify. So yeah. I had to show him. Yeah. Uh, Apologies for uh, that little background noise in that last 30 seconds or so. We're, uh, who was that? Yeah, it was Nicholas, the janitor, outside. So he was sucking up lease with one of those machines. Oh, right. There we go. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having a go. They're no. really cool. <laughs> we'll cut well, anyway. shout, shout out, Nicholas. Yeah. Anyway, let's um, start uh, 
journeying into uh, today's theme. Okay. So um, last episode was uh, our team or part of our leadership team sharing our journey with APEST mm. and um, this week we're jumping off the back of that just digging a little bit deeper into what that might look like in terms of um, practical first steps, mm. uh, accessible steps um, uh, to get into growing the fivefold both uh, uh, individually but also together mm. uh, personally and, and in, in community. Um, so, so we've got Nathan Brewer, who's a friend of mine on the show, and he is a coach, Five mm-hmm. Q coach. So he trains this out. Uh, he's an author, he's written this book called The Pulse of Christ, which is really the content behind today's podcast, mm. which is twenty five practices, five in each of the five fold, mm. and um, Nathan is a church planter. Uh, he's a missionary, lives in uh, Austria. I think he introduces himself actually yeah, quite, does, quite well, yeah. so I don't need to go into that. But um, yeah, so really excited to have him on the show. And uh, you feel really comfortable in his presence. You'll get what I mean when you hear his voice. Yeah. Uh, so we did a podcast last time on APEST. Um, I think we were happy with it. But this, <laughs> <laughs> Hannah did say that it made us sound like it was all great. Mm. Uh, but she she was touching on the fact that actually in reality, of course, w- there are shadows and and weaknesses mm. in in and everything t- and, and tensions and tensions, mm. yeah, both personality but also th- because of our strengths yeah. and how we see the world and how we yeah how we live that out. Yeah, she did suggest we did a, po- a podcast on. <laughs> On the strengths, well, on, on the on weaknesses. It's a real negative podcast. <laughs> a real bring each yeah. other down. Ripping down the fivefold. Yeah. But actually, sometimes when you talk about the vulnerabilities and the, the failures, that's that can build like community as much as just talking about the joys. So I really get what she's saying. And actually, yeah. in our story, we've learned to understand our weaknesses between one another. Yeah. Um, it's been an important part of the journey, hasn't it, as well? Uh, yeah both for working that out and working through tensions but also to release one another and understand yeah 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 absolutely and the tensions that are there you know everybody each of the apes the fivefold they have longings that are not always the same they all have different kinds of complaints mm. uh and uh yeah there's so much that we could go into but maybe we'll do that yeah maybe we'll do that at some point but this this week we are looking at practices, yeah, first steps, yeah, and we have Nathan Brewer on the show. Is there anything else to say? No, let's just get into it. All right, enjoy the interview. Well, Nathan Brewer. Thank you for joining us on the Venture 12 podcast. We're delighted to have you. How are you doing? Yeah, doing really well. Thanks, Mark, for having me. Look forward to this. Great. And we're looking forward to it too. So as we're kicking off, uh, what we always ask is, can you tell us a bit about who you are, where you come from? And uh, if you can remember this third one, uh, a bit about your inherited ideas of mission and, and where you've landed now. That's mm. a big one, isn't it? That is a loaded question. I'll do my best to keep it short. 
yeah, who I am, where I've come from. Um, currently in uh, Austria, in Vienna, Austria. So I was born and raised in Springfield, Illinois, and moved to Southern California for my university degree in entrepreneurship in a Christian school. And that intersection of uh, entrepreneurship, that uh, innovation and entrepreneurial thinking intersection with faith really impacted uh, my trajectory for my life. And that took me to Austria. So I've been here 14 years, uh, living, working, uh, ministering, met my wife here, who is German, and we call this home now. Cool. And you, uh, so you're a church planter? You're, uh, what organizations are you involved in? Tell us a little bit about that your world how does it look yeah so over 14 years done worn a variety of different hats um originally came here actually for for sports ministry through an organization called surge international uh working using the sport uh sport of football or for any americans listening soccer uh to build bridges of hope and have impact in people's lives and got involved with the local church as well and ended up uh leading the young adults ministry there in international church and we also started an innovative idea of just doing min- missional Bible studies and coffee shops here in Vienna. Uh, Vienna has such a coffee culture, and so it really resonated with people, uh, especially people who were um, looking lonely, looking for fellowship, uh, looking to be discipled and grow in their faith, and people who were disillusioned with church and would never darken the doors of a traditional uh, church building or church service, but they could come, drink a cup of coffee, and get to know Jesus through the Word. So we. Uh, Built that out, um, invested into a lot of people, um, multiplied disciples and leaders, and in the end had uh, multiple locations throughout the city. And it, in the end, grew also beyond Vienna into other countries. People moved and took the vision to uh, to Switzerland and to Maui and to Germany and to some other places. That was exciting to see. Uh, since then, transitioned out of those uh, ministries and currently wear three hats. So I'm the founder of Curios Ministries, which is a nonprofit organization investing into kingdom leaders. So it's a mentoring and support financially, emotionally, spiritually for nine different kingdom leaders um, based out of Austria, but some of those leaders are in different parts of the world and they're expressing their, their kingdom callings in a variety of different ways, music, refugee ministry, church planting, things like this. Second hat would be I'm a trainer for trainer and a coach for fivefold ministry in the Austria area and Germany, Switzerland, German speaking countries, and have also connected with 5Q. I'm a 5Q coach. So that's we do international training online, fivefold ministry. Third hat would be, as you mentioned, a church planter. So um, looking to put these things into practice. In a, in a very local embedded context here um, in a micro church style here in Vienna. And lastly, partly what we're talking about today is I'm an author of the Pulse of Christ, a five-fold training manual. So several different hats, keeps me busy. Also a husband, a father, and uh, primarily a, a son of God. That's a really good answer. Great way to finish as well. <laughs> You've got lots of hats in that cupboard, Nathan. Yeah. How do you, how do you balance that life? That's a good question. You should probably ask my wife, how do I deal with this? Um, yeah, that's that's probably another podcast in that's itself. another podcast, is it? Yeah. All right. Well, we're delighted to have you on the show. And um, 
we've got to know each other through the 5Q world. Uh, if you want to find out more about 5Q, we just encourage you to go to 5qcentral.com. But that's really a world that's trying to explore what it looks like to, uh, to recapture uh, the fivefold gifts uh, in the body of Christ and to release that potential in disciples, in leaders and mission. And we've just got to know each other through, mm-hmm. through webinars and coaching. Uh, we've never actually met each other in person. Yeah. It'll be one day. It's coming up. And we've been locked down, you know, this last year and a half or so. We weren't even able to, but we've got, uh, you know, plans in the works for something in Sweden and the Scandinavian areas. So, yeah, that'd be great. So, you know, talking about APES, this big passion of yours, um, Mm -hmm. fascination. Uh, You, the reason we've got you on the show is because you've written a book called The Pulse of Christ. and that, and it's a five. It's called a fivefold training manual. So we're we're, we're talking about practices, um, habits, things that can help leaders, communities grow the fivefold in in real earthly down. You know, day to day, small groups. You know that that those kind of contexts. How we can grow the fivefold in in those places which we often find ourselves in our church world, rather than just stay with big ideas concepts. Mm. Can you tell us about the book? Why did you write it? What were you going after? Yeah, well, first of all, I never wanted to write a book. That was never a plan of mine or a goal of mine. Um, but I remember being fascinated by this concept, by this idea, and, and seeing the potential it had to transform people's lives as they discover their gifts and, and come alive. And, and that's in the end why I landed that title is because I think uh, when we when we discover and grow in our gifts, we just we feel the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit pumping through our, our spiritual veins and we come alive and that pulse quickens and uh, really makes us come alive. And uh, you feel you're living in the purpose that he's created you for. So uh, the pulse of Christ fivefold training manual originally was um, kind of just a few ideas that I had. I had become fascinated with this idea, the potential it had uh, for individuals, for groups, and then in, in the end for churches to, to dramatically revolutionize and reform churches and um, bring wholeness and healing and balance and strength. And I thought, man, I, I kept reading more and more on it. In the end, I ordered every book out there that I could find and read them all. And was fascinated, but then was still left hanging with the practical. I was so inspired, but then I thought, how? How does this play out in real life or in real body life? And so I began to jot down a few ideas and uh, was just going to email them to some friends, contacts, ministry leaders, and uh, make it maybe into a PDF or something. And I sensed God impressing my part uh, on my heart, no. And I was like, well, why shouldn't I send them these ideas? And it was because uh, the next thing I sensed in my spirit was it's supposed to be a book. And I don't know if you've ever had this uh, feeling, but when God sometimes speaks to you to do something in faith, your first reaction is like, no, <laughs> um, I don't want to do this or I don't know how to do this. Um, and so I said, I don't know how to write a book, um, but he guided me every step of the way. And so really what I was going after is that this revelation that Jesus has given us all five apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, but primarily in, at least in the Western church, uh, only two are used today. 
the, the pastors and the teachers. And those are kind of like the primary, you know, the, the heads or the CEOs of the church or, you know, the pastor of worship, pastor of small groups, pastor of vision. It's like everything's labeled pastor, you know, but Jesus gave five and there's just so much missing potential. Um, if Jesus was all 500% and we're missing three, we're missing 60% of Jesus. We're missing 60% of his body. So we need to discover those and activate those. So as I said, there's been many great books written on this topic, uh, including what you mentioned, 5Q, uh, recently. But um, I, was, I was left with a lot of these books just missing the, the practical how. How do we grow in these gifts? Um, so the Pulse of Christ has, has 25 practical exercises, five in each one of the functions. Um, enable to enable people to discover and, and grow in them. So I was primarily concerned with the how, um, and, and that was the title of the introduction, even the necessity of the how, because you could give someone uh, a book on how to um, be a world-class cyclist and then hope that they do well in the Tour de France. But in reality, just by reading a book, you're not going to become that world-class cyclist. You need to get on the bike and train and you need to ride. You need to learn, uh, learn by doing. So that's kind of the USP is uh, learn by doing. It's practical, it's interactive, uh, it's innovative. Um, and it's a great complement to the book 5Q, which talks about this incredible symphony of the, the interaction of all of the gifts playing together. And it makes this incredible, beautiful music um, as each part plays its part. And I was, I was blown away when I read 5Q. It's incredible breadth and width and beauty of this symphony orchestra. And Pulse of Christ is a great um, compliment to 5Q because Pulse of Christ hands you the instrument and says, all right, now it's your turn to play. So it's no longer just inspiration and beauty and revelation and amazingness it's um all right now it's your turn here's the instrument learn how to play and learn how to play it in an orchestra symphony with others wow what a gift i mean and it's accessible i guess so whatever stage in your journey you're at you can practice you can open this book and there's something for you to lean into straight away definitely mm -hmm. all levels all people yep that's good. Well, we'll come back to this, but let's just back up a bit. So Apest, fivefold, uh, we're talking about releasing it in, in people's lives, in communities, in practical ways. Um, we, when we do Apest podcast, we always ask, what, what's your Apest? Mm -hmm. Describe yourself. Where, where do you lean? What's your passions? Yeah, so it would be an A-S-E-T-P. So over the years, I realized that those uh, top two, A and S, have kind of uh, matured to the surface. S and the E, shepherding and evangelistic, are, are often interchangeable depending on the year I've taken a test or depending on the context I'm in in real life. But uh, primarily is definitely apostolic, and I've seen that as I've um, started numerous different ventures in, in different places and grown them and multiplied them. So just looking back on my life, it was also a confirmation for the test we took. We, we say at 5Q, you shouldn't just take the test, um, but you should have other people confirm it in your life and also, um, yeah, look at uh, some other different uh, angles. But anyways, um, so AS would be a shepherding apostle. 
So uh, the primary apostolic, secondarily uh, shepherding. And the primary is, is often, or is your why. So your motivation, your drive. And for me, that's definitely the apostolic drive. And then the second is your how, how you get to the why. So as a shepherding apostle, I have a natural um, caring and supportive tone, uh, caring and supporting people I disciple, people I coach, people I lead, uh, in order to get to vision and expansion and systems and strategies, everything that apostolic involves. So I have a natural caring and supportive tone in order to get to vision and expansion. That's how it looks like in my life. So um, the multiplication of small groups, you have small groups that are relationally strong, the shepherding, but the, the goal is, is to multiply them. I did that through the, the, the S-Bucks Fellowship, Starbucks Fellowship ministry that I described earlier, uh, doing that now with our micro churches um, and with the Curios Ministries NGO, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring into, caring for, and investing into these leaders so that they have a kingdom impact in their own spheres. Uh, and then as well with 5Q. So that's how it looks like in my life, AS. That's great. All right, so here's another question that we sometimes ask because we love new words. We love expanding the definitions because we're in deep need for new language. Mm -hmm. uh, so can you lay some foundations um, around the fivefold? What do we mean when we say apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher? What words could you use? Go. Yes, I have, I'll give you some key words and then kind of a one sentence definition. And these are straight from my book. So um this is why or how I came up with them. So the apostolic would be pioneering, progressing, and planting. I think when we use alliteration, it kind of helps us remember things. So uh, three uh, functions around the apostolic are pioneering, progressing, and planting. Um, progressing is, in general, their direction. They're always pushing forward, looking for the next and new thing. Um, but apostles are uniquely gifted by Jesus to start new ventures in new places. And that inspires expansion in the kingdom of God. Prophets uh, or the prophetic function is all about presence, prayer, and perspective. So once again, uh, alliteration, presence, prayer, and perspective. Um, spending time in the presence of God in order to get his heart uh, through prayer, uh, through other means as well, but uh, to get his perspective you know, for a person for a church, for a nation. So prophetic individuals are uniquely gifted by Jesus to creatively connect to and express the Father's heart, which inspires faithfulness uh, to the Father and also justice in the world, that horizontal aspect as well. The evangelistic, I would uh, coin uh, the, the three terms, roaming, relating, and reconciling. So they're roaming around, meaning they're very relational people connecting with tons of different uh, people. They have a very high EQ, emotional intelligence, uh, roaming around. They're relating to different people, and they're always able to relate a person's story with their story and God's story, which then ends up uh, sharing the gospel. You could also say re-gospeling, because um, they're also re-gospeling the church. Uh, it's not just an outward function, but an inward function in the church, helping the church stay central to the gospel. So evangelistic uh, or evangelists are uniquely gifted by Jesus to powerfully proclaim the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, which inspires repentance and salvation. 
So we're into our fourth function, which would be the shepherding. And my uh, quick definition would be they are connecting, caring, and creating community. Connecting people in relationship, they're caring for them, and they're creating community. So their their core uh, burden is healthy relationships, healthy community, unity in the body. And so shepherds are uniquely gifted by Jesus to, to care for the soul and create connections. And that inspires uh, community, results in healthy community, healthy fellowship and an inner healing. Lastly, the teaching function or the teacher is about exegeting, explaining and enlightening. So very much to do with the text, the word of God, uh, exegeting it, explaining it, bringing light to the scriptures. Uh, and they're uniquely gifted by Jesus to give instruction in the word of God, inspiring clear understanding and application. So those individuals are very uh, wise and insightful uh, and able to break down complex themes into to simple understanding to be able to inspire application and live it out in our lives. So those are some, some kind of quick uh, definitions with alliteration. Hopefully that language could help some of you listening. I think it's great. I think it's brilliant. Loved it. So, all right, you're just listening to those definitions. You know, already we're expanding our minds on on, on what is encompassed when we say apostle or prophet. Mm. Um, so these are these are not small things. These are enormous things, enormous containers, and we could probably add more words and yeah. and paint pictures to describe them. We still would would uh, there be a lot left to say. Um, this is quite big, I think, is where I'm getting at. Uh, and when we um, have taken our 5Q journey, one of the biggest or perhaps most significant parts of it is, 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 the, uh, is the, the journey to help people understand that these things are, are not just badges or titles or roles, mm. but they're rooted in the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. could, could you say something about that? And the significance of that, that this is about Jesus. Yeah, I think that's where we also encourage people to start where they're on their journey. Um, whether you're trying to kind of embed this into your church or, or just understand it for yourself personally, but start with Jesus. These are originally represented by Jesus. Um, he, he represented all five perfectly and, and lived all five uh, as a role model for us. So we have really kind of a we have directly a role model to live for. We don't have to guess really what, what it looks like. Um, so, and he's explicitly mentioned in scripture as all five of those in, in various verses. But um, yeah, it's, it's more than just a title, more than a badge. Um, it is about, in, in the end, uh, Christology and who Jesus is. And since Jesus gave him to the church, then it should inform what his body, the ecclesia, the church, looks like. Um, so it has massive implications. And that's why we would say um, that fivefold or, or 5Q is, um, has, has larger implications and maybe a deeper weight than the other spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 or Romans 12, because they're, they're people. The gifts are people, an apostle, a prophet, a shepherd, 
um, an evangelist and a teacher, as opposed to um, manifestations of the spirit or, or activities like a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or a gift of helps. These things are important and, and very valuable and important to discover as well. And we'd say they're actually like tools on our tool belt as an evangelist or as a prophet. Um, and that's how they kind of interrelate. But uh, Ephesians 4, these, these five, uh, these giftings that, that Jesus gave, this is so important because it's part of uh, who we are, our vocation, our calling. And in the end, it's how we represent Jesus in, our, in the world. Lovely. All right. And so if, if we arc back to the book and, and the idea uh, embedded within it that it's about health, um, and of course, it's helpful to diagnose, you know, where we're strong, where we're weak, uh, where we're healthy, where we're mature or where we're less so. Um, what can, can I ask you some questions with your coaching hat on and your author hat on? Um, mm-hmm. So let's take a church, for example, that's really sh- um, high on the ST, mm-hmm. but low on the A. Mm-hmm uh what would you what would you say to them how would how could they grow that what practices might help them grow the the apostolic uh in their setting yeah some practical exercises that they could do would be to um determine everyone's sentness or 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 determine everyone's mission to realize that everyone is Uh, a sent one everyone should be living out the apostolic you want your entire church to be apostolic Um, so if you have um, primary leadership that's shepherding teaching gifted that's a good thing we don't want to diminish that but what we want to do is raise up the other giftings to see those present and functioning as well and so by nature the, the leaders of the church are going to direct the church in the natural direction of their gifting And so often uh, the A, the apostolic, would be neglected. So what we want to do is be more intentional about that and have the leaders have, um, it's important for the leaders to just have self-awareness of what their primary giftings are and where they're lacking in order to bring those voices, hopefully, to the leadership table. Um, But but beyond that, to equip the whole body, their whole church that they're in. So um, discovering, uh, having everyone... uh, have awareness and application that they are sent, that they can live on mission in their sphere, that it's not an exclusive profession for missionaries that are sent to a foreign mission field, you know, the classic in Africa, um, but you can live sent, you can be in a, uh, live out the apostolic um, in as a teacher at the local school, in the bank, in the, in the insurance branch, wherever you live and work and play, you can live that out. So that would help the entire church is to, uh, that everyone uh, understands that they are uh, sent and, and living on mission. Uh, and then just giving people space and room, second, secondly, to, uh, dis- well, to, to pioneer a new ministry and multiply. You'd be surprised how many people inside the church have great ideas and they're just waiting to, uh, to be able to develop those. And so giving a, a permission-giving language. Uh, to make other people the heroes and say, hey, does anybody have uh, great ideas of how we could reach these this segment of society? Or has does anybody just have on their heart a, a great idea in general? And allow that person to pioneer a new ministry and multiply that. Give them space and room and the resources they need to grow that. 
and of course, with, with conversation, with accountability and, and checkpoints and all that. But those be two examples mm-hmm. of how you can increase the apostolic in your local church. All right, let's keep the game going then. All right, so the prophetic. So mm-hmm. imagine the church strong in the, let's say, evangelistic, apostolic church. What's missing if the prophetic's low? What, tend to, what, what do we tend to miss if the prophetic is not in, in play? Mm, yeah, you, you, you miss out on a lot. Uh, if we think of a, of, a, of a pie, like a pie diagram with five slices of the pie, you're missing a whole slice of the pie. So if each pie is 20%, you're missing 20% of Jesus. Nobody wants to miss out on 20% of Jesus. So you're missing, in terms of the prophetic, you're missing that uh, core aspect of the Father's heart. You're missing the um, probably the, the activities or functions of engaging in prayer and, and worship. Um, we're missing out on having um, God's heart for justice for the world. We're missing out on holiness. These type of things that are essential to, to who God is. And often um, churches that are high in other areas, but low in the prophetic, they, they may not, um, they may be doing a lot of activity but it's not in line with actually their core values or their mission. Uh, that's what prophets are good at doing is aligning and refining the vision of the church. That's how they work so well with apostles. So uh, there's a lot at stake, holiness, justice, um, prayer, worship, just aligning with the heart of God. Functions, activities like that are, 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 are essential for the church and they will be missing if the prophetic function is not um, present or activated. Oh, so what, what uh, practices or tools might you encourage, let's say, a small group? Let's start there uh, to, to grow the prophetic. Yeah. One activity that I've really loved uh, to do over the years with different small groups is forming an encouraging prophetic word for another person um, because you can't deny when, when God speaks. And we do this at random. So the activity is you basically um, get a piece of paper and this is the real short version, but the ideas is behind it. First of all, as first Corinthians 14, three, it says prophetic words are, give, are given to strengthen, to encourage uh, and to comfort. And so, we want to write something for someone in our small group that would strengthen them, encourage them and comfort them. But we don't know who we're writing for. So it's just a piece of paper with a number on the top. And the idea is to learn to listen to God's heart and allow him to communicate to you. And he does that in a number of different ways, directly through his word, sometimes through circumstances, sometimes through a picture or kind of a ticker across our mind. However he communicates with you, just write it down. And, and at the end, we'll, we'll test it and filter it, of course. Um, but write that down for the person and then, um, yeah, encourage them with, with a word from, from God. And you write that out. And then those are given to the person who has that number. Numbers are drawn at the beginning to designate who is who. But you don't know who you're writing for. And so it removes the bias. So if I you know, knew I was writing for, for Mark in Sweden, then my word might be a little bit biased because I would write something about 5Q just coming out in Swedish or whatever. You know? uh, but it removes the bias. And therefore, uh, when the person receives the word, 
the first reaction is usually, how did you know this? How did you know I was going through this? And of course you didn't, but God spoke an encouraging word or put an encouraging word on your heart to comfort that person for whatever they're going through, to strengthen them, to encourage them. And that's always an eye opener uh, for people who on both sides, it's an eye opener for the person who receives it as, wow, this was directly from the father's heart. And it really touches me on a deep level. And then from the other side, maybe the individual who thought, man, I can't hear God's voice. I'm not good at listening, whatever. And they see that it touched the person. Then they're encouraged as well. Wow. I can sense the father's heart. I can hear his voice and they're encouraged as well. So that's a real fun activity um, and exercise that we like to do to help um, people grow in the prophetic. It's, it's interesting because we, you and I, we did a, a webinar called meet the author where we, we, we lifted up the pulse of Christ and you, you used um, that exercise on the prophetic. I don't know how many people were online, maybe 30 or something like that. And, uh, at the last minute, you said, Mark, you're going to go into a group as well. And I ended up in a group and I was not panicking, but I was like, oh, no. You put me in a group with some random people or I ended up in a group with some random people. And uh, it was a bit awkward at first, but once we got into it and uh, it, it was amazing um, it was really rich. And just that sense of we've experienced something of God, we've experienced God mm -hmm. using us. Uh, for other people who we who we you know are well in that in that context we were so far apart I was in Sweden some people were in the US and there's another person somewhere else yeah. uh, was just really really profound uh, and and that builds some kind of muscle in you or builds some kind of encouragement in you yeah. and hope so uh, it was a bit daunting but I came away like telling people about it it was amazing someone had a word for me yeah. yes God uh, how can you even, you know communicate through digital means even though you're meeting over zoom it is still possible right yeah so you've got this book it's got 25 exercises five exercises on each of the fivefold and um hopefully like just hearing the one on the prophetic will give you an idea that these are really really practical mm -hmm. uh, which you can test in a small group um have you got any other favorites that you can pull out Oof. Yeah, yeah, there, I? The, the one that comes to immediate mind would be uh, a shepherding exercise that really helps build deep relationships in a short amount of time. Um, relationships in general need time uh, to develop and to be strengthened, but um, this is kind of an accelerator. So that's kind of why I like it. There's the apostolic again. Hey, let's do this quick and have most impact the shortest amount of time. But, um, but remember secondarily I'm shepherd. So it's important to me. So the exercise is creating a life timeline to share it with one another. And it's literally, uh, you know, a blank piece of paper with a timeline on it. And what you kind of do is do hash marks for some of the highs and lows that you've gone through in your life that have shaped and formed you as a person and, a, and as a believer. And then explaining, um, you have time to create it, but then uh, explaining with those you're with um, how those experiences, the highs and the lows, the positives and the negatives have really shaped and formed you. And I'll tell you, Mark, this, I mean, that's where not only wow moments come out, but also tears and also um, incredible connections because people would say, for example, oh, I didn't know your parents also were divorced. And you immediately have a connection to someone who's, who's lived with um, 
with uh, divorced parents for their whole life or went through a certain surgery or recovered from cancer, you know, you, uh, you build these relational connections that are really strong. And someone said um, in one of our live cohorts, we did in person here in Vienna, wow, we've been in this cohort for four weeks. And that was then the shepherding exercise we did in the fourth week. And I feel like I know you guys deeper than a lot of people in my church where I've been many years. So that's been a favorite of mine, uh, creating a life timeline to share because it really uh, goes deep relationally with people. Oh, so good to hear. So uh, I'm really excited with, uh, with the potential here uh, for people to get the book and to use and try and, and pilot some of these exercises in, in your context. Um, we, we're coming to an end. Uh, mm -hmm. So if we just ask a few questions, uh, maybe one or two questions, and then we better bring it to a close. Um, in, 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 in big parts of the world of leadership and, you know, development, there's that idea that we should just work on our strengths, uh, you know, the, the gifts that we've been given. Mm -hmm. um, but this really is like this is an invitation to actually not thinking like that, actually to, to consider our weaknesses and how we can grow our, I don't know, the areas where we're not so mature. Um, what would you say to kind of like build that out a bit? Uh, and why is that important in the context of mission and church? Mm -hmm. um, it's important because we want health and balance. You want, you want a holistic church. Um, and uh, I think everyone would agree they want their church to be evangelistic, for example, even if they themselves are, are very low in the evangelistic uh, gifting or quotient. Um, so just an example, um, everyone would agree they want their church to be evangelistic. They want their church to be uh, a solid teaching church. They want their church to be a healthy shepherding church. They want their church to be um, prophetic, connecting to the heart of God. And they want the church to be apostolic with clear vision moving forward and growing and scaling. So it's kind of a, when you think about that, it's a no brainer. You want your church to be all active in all five and healthy and strong uh, and balanced. And that goes down. Then the body is made up of individual parts, right? So you and me, um, parts of the body and we want to be conformed into the image of Christ and talks about that in Ephesians 4 growing up to be like him in every way in every aspect well Jesus was all five so even if my lowest is is prophetic I want to grow to become more like Jesus the prophet in that area um, in his character and in his competency in the prophetic uh, so that I can, myself can become more like Christ. And so, yeah, we, we, we are gifted in strengths um, and we'll have kingdom impact in that area. Uh, but it's always, it's always, yeah, it's just like God to use us in our weakness, right? As well. And that's where we need even more grace in, in our weaknesses. Um, but we can uh, allow him to work and, and grow us in those areas as well so that we can become more like Christ. Okay, so one final question. Um, there's a community here, so maybe mm -hmm. a small group, church. Uh, we want to start this journey. What would your tips be? How, where would we begin? Yeah, it would be uh, worthwhile to start with where this concept came from. And it comes from Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. And looking at that as a framework, uh, verses 1 through 6, unity 
the body of Christ. Then 7 through 11, diversity through apest, fivefold. And then 12 through 16, maturity. And we need a basis of unity to get to diversity. And we need unity and diversity to get to maturity. So looking at the text together is a great place to start, chewing on it, uh, praying over it, meditating on it, uh, and then starting with Jesus. So recognizing that Ephesians 4.11, that Jesus gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to the body of Christ, he could give them because they're embodied in himself. So look through the scriptures, find out where Jesus was named a prophet, was named an apostle, was named a shepherd, was named an evangelist, was named a teacher, and look how he lived those out. So we want to start centrally with Jesus. So Ephesians 4, Jesus, and then the next steps would be getting on the same page with language. So uh, creating common language so that everyone in the group or in the organization or in the church has a common language. What I mean by that, for example, common definitions of when I say evangelist, you understand the same thing as what when you say evangelist means getting on the same page, definitions of the prophet, apostle, evangelist, shepherd, and teachers so that everyone can have the same language moving forward. Sounds great. I just want to say thank you, Nathan, and uh, just been a joy to have you on the Venture 12 podcast. Um, how do we get the book? Is that possible to give us some information around that? Where can we buy the book? Yeah, I can send you the link, fivefoldtraining.com slash order. So there's a link you can get directly from my website. Okay. And yeah, it was a pleasure uh, to be on the podcast, Mark. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for facilitating it. Uh, it was fun. And I hope to all the listeners that uh, there was some good nuggets of truth and inspiration to take with you. There was, there was a lot, lot to chew on. Mm. Um, well, we look forward to maybe having you on the show again in the future. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, take care. God bless. Thanks, Mark. Blessings. Well, welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Nathan Brewer, author of The Pulse of Christ. Did you enjoy it, Chris? I did. I really, really did, actually. Uh, I guess we're going to get stuck into some of it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, but you thought, well, one thing that you thought was interesting was actually Nathan's profile, which yes, was uh, I AS. Did. I really did. I, I think, it, well, I mean, I don't know if it's unique. I guess it's not unique in that he's the only person on the planet with that profile, but I've not met anyone who has had those two as their two strongest. And I think... Um, so, makes, so we just say profile, when we're talking profile, um, yeah, exactly. it's helpful to not think that you are just one or two, but that all of them are in... Mm. All of the yeah. fivefold are present in each of us uh, in varying strengths, mm. levels of strength. Uh, and Nathan was sharing that his strongest were A and S. And just before we went in, uh, you kind of gave a summary of the podcast that we'd done last time where we spoke about the journey of our team. Um, and then you went on to say that there was that there are some tensions and stuff that we didn't get onto. And uh, I think one of the things is... Uh, often between the a and the s not necessarily in terms of people but in terms of like um those those passions and those complaints that are often in tension with one another the, the a 
which is, uh, as uh, Nathan described so well in the interview, it's about pioneering and kind of like moving on and seeing what the next thing is and having the vision and the strategy, whereas the S is about uh, investing deeply. Mm. Um, Neil Cole says um, that the A's and P's, the apostles and the prophets, the people in the strongest in those giftings, they start and then they go. Whereas the ESTs, evangelists, shepherds and teachers, they establish EST, they establish, they stay and grow. Mm. So kind of like this inner tension between the A of starting and going, which he was speaking about with the mm. micro church network, that it's always about multiplying, multiplication, growing, uh, planting churches and combining that with um, something that's completely different really in the S, which is about staying, maintaining and growing deep, long lasting relationships. Uh, so I was just quite interested to hear how that kind of pre pre uh, pre presents itself and manifests within Nathan. Really interesting. I know another AS. Okay. And uh, show off. <laughs> just to say, I know too. <laughs> they are. They're just. Uh, I mean, so caring uh, yeah. and embracing. And uh, <clears throat> when you when you're with someone like Nathan, you feel really welcomed yeah. into the space where you can, you can be yourself. Mm. You feel that you're accepted. But also there's that energy that is like that that kind of movemental kind of like dynamic yeah. that he's longing for. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, uh, obviously that's his fascination and his, his hunger. And, yeah. Um, it's interesting talking about complaints because yeah. if, you, if you've never done a pest test in your community or if you, you don't have that kind of language swinging around in your micro churches, small groups, mm. church, leadership, team. leadership yeah. teams it's quite helpful to actually listen to the complaints of people. So like mm. apostolic people might tend to, uh, we need to get moving or we, yeah. we need to think big, you know, we need to think more strategic systems. So the complaints tend to be often around or the, the longings and the hunger often around that way, where the, perhaps the shepherd, uh, you, you know, the complaint would be different. Yeah. It yeah. might be that we're moving too fast. We need to just stop and slow down and settle where we are and let people feel safe in this environment. Yeah, yeah. Or, or deepen, yeah. deepen our roots yeah. relationally. Interestingly, when we set up the, um, one of the networks that we're part of, mm. yeah, we, we, we realised that we needed to bring some of the shepherding mm. voice in because apostles like or people who lean that way, when they build communities, they can tend to think the structures, mm. the purpose, the mission. Yeah. So they build like community through uh compelling vision or an idea yeah uh and we realized that we needed a shepherd and they build like community through that relational gel yeah that we, which is so crucial which gives sustainability to exactly. things yeah. so, so it's quite interesting so he's got those two things yeah, working in, within him working within him yeah, yeah fascinating um all right so the book yeah 25 practices yeah which will keep you going for a long time yeah it will won't it because uh, you don't just like do one practice and say done it it's not no. a tick book what is this book what does it look like to you well i mean i think the first thing to say is that it's not um i mean in english education terms you you kind of separate between textbooks and exercise books uh, and textbooks are the, the the ones that perhaps we're more used to as readers in adulthood which is about buying something and reading it something you're interested in where you can get get information perhaps get some understanding uh, but it will it maybe won't kind of guide you into the practice um exercise books however they're kind of like where your action happens they're often where you write in and there's questions in there and you can and you can write i don't know if this is making sense to people from other uh, countries and their education systems but this is very much an exercise book um in that uh, it, it kind of guides you through 
the biblical foundations uh, of each of the fivefold. Um, and then it gives you exercises aimed at developing in each of those areas. Five exercises, as Nathan said, in the Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Shepherd and Teacher. And these are kind of like, if it's not your strongest gifting, or maybe if, if it is your strongest gifting, but you're just not sure how to put it into practice, um, then these are really, really helpful and I will say accessible ways um, to take your first steps. So it's not just kind of like sitting on like this leadership level for people who are masters and doctors in theology or anything like that. These are really accessible things um, that anyone can do to just kind of take a first step into growing in each of the fivefold. Good. All right. So we've uh, looked through the book. Yeah. Um, I've experienced some of the practices. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we pick, wanted to pick out some, some of the exercises which are not in our strongest gifts. Yeah. Nathan talked about, actually, it's really important that we work on our other areas. Yeah. You know, for example, an apostle who doesn't work in his prophetic or prayer mm. or her prophetic mm. uh, space mm. is likely to make some decisions that are not always the wise or right thing to do. You know, so they, lots of ideas, but... The, pro- the prophetic, a mature prophetic in an apostle yeah. can just help with timing, yeah. with is this a God thing rather mm. than just a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so that's the idea. We work on our not so strong parts yeah. to grow our the way God has wired us. So yeah. what would, you've picked one out that you liked. Yeah, well, well Nathan kind of gave a couple of examples of um, one from the prophetic and one from the evangelistic, which are, happen to be my lowest two. Um, but then my next lowest, or my third highest, if you're looking at it positively, is um, is the apostolic. Um, and uh, flicking through and just looking at one of these exercises that I really, really like the idea of, which is about getting high in your city. Uh, don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hang on yeah it says here that I should go and get high. It says go to a high place in your city. Scout out a high place. Um, and rise and go up and just look over your city and I think that this is about I mean the apostolic is about having kind of vision and strategy so looking over your city but it's also a symbol of strongholds in your city that you can go up and you can see and you can pray over your city and find out where are their strongholds where where might there have been warfare um, spiritual or literal warfare Um, where might there be um, uh, segregation difficulties between people or people groups what are the needs of the city Uh, and just uh, giving it to God um, and then um, just apostolically praying and asking God what are the next steps uh, in this city so uh, trying to understand the vision um, for the city and then trying to pray into kind of the strategizing of what can we do to tear down some of these strongholds that are remaining in this city that's that's really good Uh, I've got to share this story because I've done this one have you? I've done this one, yeah. Oh, right. e- ecumenical prayer group. In our city, Helsingborg, we've got uh, like a big tower yeah. on a hill that yeah. looks over the city. And yeah. actually, we can see Denmark mm. from this old, old castle tower. Beautiful, beautiful uh, piece of architecture yeah. built in the 13th century. Mm. Um, and around this, there's some other parts of the castle. But we had an ecumenical prayer group go up there. And it's my first or second time like, with, with some of these people. And uh, we prayed up there, and um, one guy just went 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 a bit. I thought a bit crazy. Mm. He started shouting at the top of his voice. Yeah, Jesus loves you. 
<laughs> right, and he wouldn't stop. Oh, uh, gosh. And I was like looking to see what the others, uh, yeah. were, how were they were acting. No one seemed to react apart from me. Uh, <laughs> so I, I only went one or two more times. <laughs> But uh, this is a this is a great idea because I've been up there on my own, yeah. and when you look over our city, you're reminded yeah. of uh, Denmark, yeah. uh, which is so close. Yeah. Um, being on the the bridge to Europe, yeah. and then of course there's like our city's very segregated, isn't it? As yeah. you were saying, yeah, it is. All right. Well, uh, how about you? Where's your weaker uh, points, and uh, what practice have you picked out to share? Well, one of my, as I said, the prophetic is. Gosh, I'm really, you know, trying to grow in that space. But I thought I'd pull out the shepherding one. And on page 170, um, as I said, there's five exercises in each. Mm. So for shepherding, this one is so. I, I mean, I'm saying this one because I just want to give people uh, the idea, as you said, that it's you can go with this straight away yeah. with whoever yeah. at any level. Um, so it's game time exercise three in the shepherding. Uh, I think I'll read it. Life can be tough. It can be very stressful and at times very painful. It's crucial. We take time to rest and to have fun. Work is often very serious and therefore it's good to lighten up. The Bible tells us a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So anyway, he goes on to say, and this is like that, that these elements of community, hmm. like play, um, socialising and doing things that take us away from like, uh, for me, apostolic, there's a lot of stuff going up in my head. Yeah. Like pictures, <laughs> structures, yeah. strategy, all that kind of stuff. Not always coherent, <laughs> but it, but it's up there and it's noise. And so this is like an invitation for someone like me to just like put that to one side and yeah. do community. And here's the exercise. So um, communities in Christ that play together, stay together, he says. So if the weather is nice and the group is so inclined, something more active like doubles ping pong or ultimate frisbee are great options. Wow. This is why I love this one. Yeah. Because uh, uh, we've played a lot of pingis in our pingis. church, haven't we? Pingis, uh, we call it in Swedish. That's the Swedish. Yeah, we have. We've played a lot of ping pong. We got really into it, uh, partly because we... Uh, uh, we, we had a um, integration project using football as a tool to um, help uh, integration for particularly uh, unaccompanied miners from Afghanistan um, during the influx in 2015. We had a project that lasted for about three years and, and one of the guys who came to volunteer on it is a professional, one of the best in Sweden and a, a lovely, lovely man. I want to give him a shout out because he actually came to our church on yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, he did. He came to our church yesterday yeah. and we love him very yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, but he was a big part of that, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. He was, and uh, he kind of—I mean, I guess he was the catalyst for why we played so much ping pong. Um, but it was the biggest community-building thing that we had amongst all of like the the project outlines and the uh, tactics and tools that we had planned through delivering information or mentoring courses, all those kind of things. The biggest thing that built community was getting around the ping pong table, playing a game called round the table where you hit it and then you run around basically. Um, and it was, I mean, we would be up there for, a long time every week when these guys came 20 30 guys just running around the ping pong table and uh just laughing laughing at each i mean making a bit of fun of each other it actually taught a lot of the boys to laugh at themselves um yeah just coming together in that way it was such a community building experience um i miss it a lot actually and yeah. the and the ping pong table has been away since then really yeah great memories this is what the, these when we play together when we do these things it, it creates shared memories yeah 
Um, and I've just got to share this. I know we've not got too much time. but So our friend, can we name him? Yes. Yeah, Simon, so. yeah, yeah. Professional pingers player. We took some of our boys from this uh, project <laughs> yeah. to one of his matches. <clears throat> and he was losing. And... Yeah. Uh, our boys have like, made placards, yeah. like banners. <laughs> uh, so in Sweden, it's not it's quite a polite atmosphere. But we brought all these boys and changed it changed it into quite a hostile environment. <laughs> it was awful. It was like for you football fans, it was like Galatasaray versus Fenerbahce or yeah. something. Like this really hostile environment. And I mean, yeah, one thing you certainly don't do is cheer when an opponent makes a mistake in ping, in ping pong like yeah. a false serve or something yeah, that was me I think yeah but as soon as Simon's opponent made a mistake the whole of our uh, supportive crowd of Simon went wild cheering and yeah. like mocking yeah. the opponent yeah but he was losing wasn't he like yeah, two he games was, yeah. like yeah. he was two games down and it was if the, if the guy won the third one yeah then he then the match is over. Yeah. Our boys started to chant yeah. in Swedish yeah. year into it, which means don't, don't give, give up. up yeah. Which was actually one of the yeah. what we call a life class lesson. And he went on to win. He went on to win, yeah. and it was you know so for him it created that memory yeah. uh, of togetherness yeah. and support and yeah. standing with one another. Yeah. So this is like I know it's it's a great accessible one. Yeah, to do. Is. So I think um, we encourage you to go and get the book. Yeah, and to say as well, it's a great compliment to 5Q, as Nathan was also saying, which is a lot about the kind of laying the foundations, not just laying foundations, but actually building on um, the theology of Ephesians chapter 4. But this is a great way to then start taking that and putting it into practice. Yeah, that's good stuff. Okay, so uh, please do get the book. You can get it on online uh, booksellers. Yeah. Um, and Nathan has uh, said that you can reach out to him. Yeah, um, great. So, so do that. But if you're in a, in a group, um, we don't really have any questions for like working around this. We just encourage you to, to get the book mm. and just run with it. Yeah. We'd love to hear how you, how you get on with that. Yeah. So I think we're done for today. Yeah, we are, yeah. We've had a good time. We have. Uh, we're going to be back very soon, actually. So next, uh, next week we're recording... Um, a more Christ-like God with Brad Jerzak. Yeah. Uh, Adam, our friend from Denmark, who's part of Venture 12, is going to be interviewing mm. uh, Brad Jerzak. And then um, Hannah, Adam and myself. So yeah. we'll, be, we'll be putting be the podcast together. Yeah. So in the meantime, peace be with you. God mm. bless you, whatever you may be doing this week. Mm. Uh, thank you for listening. Mm.